Hey everyone, this is Neil Diamond here. I hope you realize that I wrote the lyrics to Tap and Geek Out. Take a listen, everyone. Happen Geek Out, your host Doug Lund, joined as always by Eric G. Hollis and today by the lovely Nicole. I'm not going to give her last name because uh, I don't want people to draw any conclusions from that. Okay, it's my wife. <laughs> I guess there's no point in being coy. <laughs> I'm going to start a new game today where I count Nikki's eye rolls and so far we're at two. And- they may be able to hear it over the mics. <laughs> just listen carefully they'll hear them when they hit the floor after they roll out of your yeah, head just like thunder <laughs> cheers nothing like a saturday morning with a beer there's been many saturday mornings this year for me with a beer because of college football there's nothing like being drunk by noon i don't often mention the date in the cast just because uh I'm lazy, and these things often go up until weeks afterwards, but uh, today's kind of a special day for a number of reasons. December 16th, 2017. For those of you that are enjoying Future Man at this point, you know that this is the day of the infamous Cronish Ball, where everyone ends up uh, puking and shitting their pants, so uh, good time. Not to mention, good friend of the show, wrote our theme song, performed our theme song. We know him. We love him. Ryan Curley. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Nat. Thanks, man. What what did you call him? Net. Net. I thought you said nut. Uh, maybe it should be nut. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He'll know what I'm talking about. All right. It's a little early to get started with the alcohol today, but uh, it's Tap and Geek Out, so we, we got to talk about a beer. Today we are enjoying the Ballast Point Peanut Butter Victory at Sea uh, variation on the Victory at Sea that we've reviewed before. I can't taste the peanut butter. This tastes like Victory at Sea to me. Yeah. I don't taste the peanut butter either. Like, not at all. Not and based even. on the way this tastes, I kind of want to taste the peanut butter. Yeah. You don't like this? It's okay. Oh. Yeah, it tastes like Victory at Sea. It's like a 10 point something 10 point percent up. ABV and a 60 something IBU, depending on which reference you're looking at. Mm-hmm. I don't taste the peanut butter in the slide. It's not even in an aftertaste or aroma or anything. And we drink a lot of Victory at Sea, so you think it would stand out. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. And the first two words in the beer are peanut butter. But then the description says coffee flavors and other natural flavors, and there's just no peanut butter flavor. It doesn't taste as sweet as the normal Victory at Sea, like slightly less sweet. I disagree. I think it tastes exactly like Victory at Sea. Oh, damn. If only we had one that we could could actually compare. I like Victory at Sea, so to me, this is easily a four. This is easily a three for me, and I'm being real nice because it's early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be nice. Be honest. 2.8. It's okay. It's not what I drink. Right. So I'm probably not the best authority on this, and I don't mean to give uh, Ballast Point bad marks. That's why I'm going to give them a three because I love the brewery, and I think they make great beer. 
but if you call something peanut butter, I should be able to taste a little bit of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and if it's there, it's just hidden under the coffee, which, like I said, in this one, it seems to be more coffee forward and less sweet. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to describe it other than that. Yeah, well, just like ingredients, like on the nutritional information, the first one is the most. <laughs> and the first one on this one is coffee. So that's all that I taste. I don't taste any peanut butter. They even have on the side of the label, it's like peanut butter. And then there's like a pile of peanut butter. I think they left it on the outside because <laughs> it's not on the inside. Oh, shit. Yeah. Great point. There's the peanut butter. It's not in the bottle. It's on the label. That's the actual amount they use to brew <laughs> every, barrel. every bottle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what would you rate this one? Probably say a 3.8 just because it's Victor 8C, so it's good. And I'm a little disappointed that there's no peanut butter in it. That's what we're going to write in the review. It'll get a three and a half in our combined. That seems like fair, right? Between all of our ratings and we'll let them know that it needs more peanut butter. And less coffee. Well, now that we got that out of the way, I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about. Yeah, man, nothing really is going on in the world or this weekend. You guys see any good movies lately? There's this movie about rocks in the sky and flying light. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I was going to mention Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. That's the name of it. Oh, my God. Apologies to everyone in advance. Rarely do we record at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and rarely am I drinking this early. Um, I can already tell this is going to be kind of a shit show. We're going to talk about Star Wars today. You should just be prepared for the spoilers. But I think maybe what we should do is start with some spoiler-free impressions, just your quick review, and then we'll dive into the spoiler-heavy material. I loved it. Beautifully shot. Uh, The music was perfect. Like the direction they took with the characters. They were very clear that this was not going to be a Star Wars movie you've seen before and that they were going to change your expectations of what a Star Wars movie, what it could be. And I thought they accomplished all of that. I mean, I had some problems with it. Overall, I thought it was great. And I think I liked it better than The Force Awakens. I've only seen it twice, though. Only, he says, on opening weekend. (laughs) Overall, I liked it. I had a lot more Star Wars feeling to it, like the original Star Wars. And at the same time, I feel a little jerked around. Only just the stop and go, stop and go, stop and go um, kind of thing. Still processing everything. And I think I would love to see it again to catch all the details that I know that I missed. I'm already loving how divisive this movie is. People either love it or hate it. There is no in-between. And that's usually an indicator of of something that may not be necessarily great art, but at least it's provocative enough to get people talking. I laughed. I cried. I thought. This movie makes you think. And with two lines of dialogue, Ryan Johnson tells the audience exactly how they should interpret this movie, which is it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. And let the past die, and we're getting a new vision for a much-beloved franchise, a a fresh injection that is really unprecedented in this universe, Uh, a fresh injection that actually adds to the series rather (laughs) than detracts. So I'm with with both of you. I I loved it. Um, It's uh, about goddamn time that they really gave someone free reign to do something that wasn't safe, And uh, I think it's still going to make a shit ton of money, regardless of of how many people love and or hate it. Thank God. (laughs) Well, maybe that's why most um, of the ratings that we were discussing earlier, the audience versus the critics, at least on Rotten Tomatoes, said that they didn't like it. Maybe it's because they don't want to let the past die as Star Wars goes, because they wanted it to actually live longer and, you know, um, continue 
And I think that they did that. And I really appreciate the way that they did that more through homage or mirroring the other ones than repeating. That That's a good point. I'm going to say at this point, if you haven't seen the movie, please stop the podcast because now we're going balls out. Lots of spoilers. We're, we're digging into the plot. Uh, Shut this shit down. You do not want to spoil this movie for yourself like Eric had it spoiled for him. <laughs> yeah, and you know, when it when it's not the internet and it's a family member, you really have to kind of think about blood versus internet. <laughs> Let's start with the opening. You open a Star Wars movie with a joke that I thought was done very well, but it, the audience I sat with, I think both nights, were completely taken off guard by it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. And and as we um, brought up earlier as well, I should stop saying that, is it really reminded me of Han in the control room and him, uh, yeah, we're doing fine and or we're okay or whatever. It was a How are you? total new, like a modern day take of that. Having had some time to think about it now, it uh, it was a test right up front. Johnson says, okay, if you enjoy this, you're going to like my Star Wars movie. And if if this is rubbing you the wrong way, sorry, you're in for two and a half hours of <laughs> disappointment here. I like that he opened with Poe, too. You figure the movie would open with Rey, the scene with her and Luke and the lightsaber. But they go back into that. Uh, I like that they open with Poe. It's, it's kind of Poe's movie. He, I think he has the most significant character arc, don't you? I think Poe he- learns a lesson. He is the glue that holds uh, all of the different subplots together. Um, you definitely get the sense that uh, he's about to become a lot more important. Like he's going to be the the de facto leader. He'll replace Leia in the last episode, since we know her role is going to be diminished to somewhat. I would change that name. I instead of Leia, I would consider him the new Han. Because he's kind of an outsider, kind of from, he's got a certain trait or talent. And Han was obviously being um, what he was and Poe being the pilot and whatnot. But I think that he's kind of that dynamic. That's how I perceive him, is more as a Han than I do Leia. Even though it, it, it fits to be more Leia just because he's, been trained with her. I mean, he's worked with her and, and whatnot, and he he's under her. But I perceive him more as I will work with whatever I can work with. I'm going to take all these chances and risks, and don't tell me the numbers, kind of person. Which he told C. Well, when he told C3PO to shut up, that's pretty much what he was saying: was <laughs> don't tell me the numbers, never tell me the numbers. Well, and at this point, speaking of numbers, the resistances they pretty much amount to like a, a weekend volunteer Salvation Army crew. I mean, there's just there's a handful of them. And they they are... can fit on the Falcon. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. The Falcon I never imagined being a very big ship. Right. Mm-mm. And and they're all on there at the end. That uh, as they leave, the entire Rebel core is is now on the, on this one ship. And that's that's what I was saying about Poe. Is that uh, I mean he's he's going to become the de facto leader of not a not a very big team. I mean the, the Leia, the Han, however. Whatever kind of leader he is, I mean, he he's clearly, in my opinion, being set up to be that person in the last episode. But I don't want to talk about the last episode. I want to talk about this one. I feel like if you're going along with that, um, how they're going to, what their role is 
inevitably going to turn out to be. I feel Poe is going to be more like Han, and I feel like um, Finn is going to be more like Luke. In the sense that there's just, it's not what they're capable of, Jedi versus no Jedi and Rebel and all that kind of stuff. I think just personality-wise, I think that's how it's going to kind of turn out to be. I don't know. I, I think we're we're due for a complete shakeup of, of everything. Oh, for sure. I, I think that's what we should expect going forward is... Uh, uh, the archetypes are are done. Uh, we're we're getting new characters that that are that are more a, a blend of uh, you know all all different elements rather than reflective of like oh, this is the new Luke or this is the new Han. Well, yeah, Leia flying through the freaking through space like she's some um, she almost looked like Mary Poppins without the umbrella kind of thing. I was totally I didn't I still don't know how to feel about that. I don't know if you've read the internet, but that's exactly how people are referring to that scene. Is <laughs> the Star Wars version of Mary Poppins? They're just calling it Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely was like that. Um, I didn't know how to feel about it either. I guess I, I didn't hate it, but there's a lot of questions, just like there is mm-hmm. with a lot of the Force powers we see mm-hmm. for the first time in this movie. I think the Force is used three different ways that I had never seen used before, and more power to him. I mean, it's not what the force is supposed to be, but you know, I don't think we've ever seen people force communicate like Ray and Renoir. Mm-hmm. We've definitely not seen a Jedi user on a planet projecting himself to another planet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Mr. Miyagi style. Absolutely. There was a lot. Ryan Johnson did what he wanted to do with the story. I don't feel like he was hamstrung at all. And obviously Disney is on board with it. They gave him his own trilogy. So hopefully this means we're going to see a different kind of Star Wars movie in the future. I've just never seen a, a Jedi or have known a Jedi, I guess, to be able to levitate themselves or let themselves float through space like that. Oh, yeah. I, there, There's absolutely precedent for that in the Star Wars universe. Um, uh, just, you know, being able to... If you can like lift rocks and, and a ship, you can lift yourself or others. Usually, it's someone else that you're tossing around. But uh, you know, sometimes you you can toss yourself. That that's acceptable in in certain social settings. I did appreciate the perhaps the first intent, maybe or the superficial intent, maybe I should say, is of showing Leia's powers over the fact that she can just feel the force, she can feel the vibes and everything of that nature, and it she's actually using it and it makes sense to me that if she's not running around using force powers all the time that the one time you're going to use them is uh like in a situation where you're life or death like it's it's survival instinct that kicks in and that has always resonated i think well in in any kind of storytelling movie book otherwise it's like the fucking pressure's on you're in fight or flight reactionary mode and some new ability kicks in really hard to make it look cool floating yourself back to a ship there was no way that was going to be done that people were like oh yeah that that effect like worked out well you're you're floating (laughs) you're right because either she's going to be mary poppins or she's going to be jesus like i mean she's either her hands both arms are going to be out and she's just going to go right to it or she's going to look like mary poppins or a wicked witch one of one of the two or she she could have come in with like one fist out like superman styly it it, it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna be pretty it was i i imagine that they're trying to make her look elegant with just a simple little arm out and dip, 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 dip. Uh, you're right there's no way there's there that's a difficult way to do it and with that potentially being them showing her how to use the force i am totally of the theory that she is the one who is 
making the connection between um, Ren and Ray. So let's talk about that, uh, the connection. Um, pretty early on after we're introduced to Ray back on, what was the name of the island? Octu. All right. I, I'm not going to remember that, so I'm just going to call it Jedi Island. Octu. <laughs> Jiland. Uh, but what is it that she's doing? It's, it's not even anything like, oh, she wakes up, right? The first time that, that she sees Kylo, she's just like kind of coming to, and there's some kind of connection between Kylo, who is on the other side of the fucking galaxy, we know at this point. And, uh, and then they start their, I, I guess, what do you call that? Force chat? I guess. <laughs> Again, I don't think we've ever seen it before, or the Force used that way, have we? Um, Very briefly and delicately like when luke calls out for leia yeah luke and leia okay just not quite i mean not visualizing each other however they can hear each they other can, they can feel it right okay. absolutely they kind of just took it to the next level yep with yeah this. they have multiple conversations it's like they're calling each other on split screen yeah skype and there's some vader luke action of, of the same kind in in empire uh and in uh, Return of the Jedi, where they're communicating and, and not necessarily in the same place. It seems like they're a little closer, but... Well, I liked the fact that Ray could see exactly where he was, but he couldn't see where she was. I, I don't think she confirmed that she could. She was real coy about that. Like, I, I'm not going to tell you... I'm not going to answer your question, motherfucker. Why'd you kill your dad, asshole? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she did leave kind of a lot of things like that. The fact that they could touch, and when they did touch, they both saw their futures, each other's futures. Maybe. Okay, so the point that you made was that it was Leia who actually made the connection to them. It's something that uh, Snoke later claims credit for in the movie, uh, right before his amazing fucking death. But you're thinking it was Leia, and that's mm -hmm. because... Well, because of her connection to Ren, obviously. And in um, the last movie, Force Awakens, I really feel that both Han and Leia know exactly who Rey is. Just when they when she first tells them her name, there's a sign of acknowledgement in their facial expressions. And I believe that they know who she is and where she's from. And I believe that Leia is like, you know what? We need to connect you to whether you can save Ren or whether it's for the purpose of the balance in the force or whatever the ultimate purpose of that is I absolutely believe she's the one doing it you know now that I think that through it it makes sense I mean this is a story we all know the mom's like oh I found a nice Jedi girl for you here's her number why don't you give her a call that's a that's a thing mm -hmm. I would love to see Woody Allen's Star Wars <laughs> No, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> sure, I would. <laughs> Maybe you would. No, I would love to have Mel Brooks take another poke at it. <laughs> it's another for one of those sure. things that have been rumored for a long time that I wish he really would do it because he's still alive. Mm -hmm. Do one more movie, mm -hmm. and we all want to see Spaceballs 2, The yeah. Search for More Money. There you go. Yep. The Search for More Money. <laughs> yeah. But no mogs. Or maybe they could, I guess, bring in a different mog, just not barf. Get... Get uh, John Goodman to play John Candy. Wouldn't that work? He, may, maybe he's not as... He'd have to play his brother. Sure. Do a landfill. Dude, get <laughs> Kevin Heffernan to play. Oh, my God. Yes. Kevin Heffernan Ooh. for Barf. Get he Kevin can play Heffernan Barf. to play Barf. 
right? Holy shit. Heffernan can do candy, I think. I think Heffernan's got the... I think he has the presence. I think he has the acting chops. He definitely is a good comedian. Oh, my God. And Lemmy could play uh, uh, Captain... Uh, what the fuck is his name? I can't believe the... Lone Star? Lone Star. There you go. Now I really want to see that movie. I think we need to... Uh, after this episode today, we need to send a couple tweets to, to Broken Lizard. We'll make sure they know. Yeah. They can start the campaign with us. <laughs> That's interesting. My mind's just coming up with all these scenarios. Heffernan cool. for barf. I liked how Star Wars was shot. I want to go back and watch Empire, and I want to go back and watch the first one. I think it's my favorite looking Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I like the camera angles. I thought the space battles looked amazing. I thought the colors looked great. I mean, shit, you have that beautiful island in Ireland to shoot at. Mm-hmm. I thought he took great advantage of the the natural locations. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really pretty Star Wars movie. And I've seen it in both regular and 3D, and it looked great. Well, I loved the salt and then once you touch the salt it was bright red like that was very capturing that was very important i feel like it was almost blood and i think that it was more significant metaphorically when they're chasing after it and it's white on the top and then when they crush over it it's bright red is that uh is that some naturally occurring phenomena like somewhere on the planet was there a reference for that or is that just straight out of someone's imagination Red was a very important color in this movie. It absolutely was. They're almost as if they're cracking it open or they're finding that balance or I don't I don't know. Um I don't know if there's a natural occurrence like that on earth. But you're right, it looked cool. Mm-hmm. Visually stunning mm-hmm. and, and well shot when they weren't trying to shoehorn some fucking kitty moments into the movie. It was really nice to look at. Mm-hmm. It absolutely was. I did like the space battles a lot there wasn't overdone it wasn't to me it almost had as if they used some of joss whedon in it just in that feel of just the effects of making it look so real oh i i it's uh ryan johnson definitely subscribes to the same fucking film magazines that that joss whedon does when it comes to angles and the the quick zooms and Mm -hmm. uh the ships in particular um it might not be a difficult thing to say these were the best base battles of any Star Wars movie. And we got so many of them. Mm-hmm. And cushioned by the music behind it. I mean, they had every theme, everything. It fit the emotions perfectly. It wasn't overwhelming. It was in the background. And yet you could still hear it. So you weren't so caught up in the movie that you didn't acknowledge it, yet you weren't overwhelmed by it. I, I'd use a different word. It wasn't overused, but it was overwhelming. It was the music on multiple occasions that, that got my the hair on my arms up or the fucking tears in my eyes welling up or it uh very effectively used and it it, it i felt like it did overwhelm me at times like oh my god <laughs> that's a fucking good star wars movie mm-hmm. it was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie it was the opposite of justice league <laughs> justice league gave you nothing like you got to hear three notes of the theme a couple bars yeah john williams brought he was like okay here's all the star wars music i've written for the past 30 years let's just throw all that shit in there that way i don't mm-hmm. have to do any work i can just play all my old shit and you know what it fucking works mm-hmm. play the hits and that's what they did and I thought it was wonderful. The music was my, my favorite part the second time I saw it. I thought it was just – I mean, the cues are perfect. Mm-hmm. And like Doug said, it completely elicits the emotion mm-hmm. of, uh, oh, yeah. And granted, it's member berries. It is like, oh, yeah. I remember you know, mm-hmm. Luke and R2. They were fucking awesome. But yeah. still, I was in tears just like just like you were, bro. So, yeah. Luke, R2, and, and tears. 
that was hands down, I think, the most impactful scene mm-hmm. in the movie when uh, Luke is being really resistant to being pulled back into all this bullshit that he's cut himself off from. And then who does he run into but his old buddy R2? Yeah, on the Falcon. He's sitting right there where he was first learning about the Force and watching, you know, doing the balls in the air and things like that. And he was sitting there contemplating and all of a sudden, beep, boop, boop, <laughs> there's R2. It was beautiful. R2. And I like that he's told him not to use that language. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess he said shitty. <laughs> or something. That's, I, I implied he said shitty because he said sacred planet. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, sacred R2 planet. What, what's your language? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shitty. God, I really want to learn how to speak droid. Because apparently there's all kinds of shit that's said in these movies that we're just not privy to unless you know <laughs> what they're trying to convey with those beep boops. Like, did you guys know that it's... Uh... Oh, fuck, I knew I was going to forget his name right before I brought it up. The, the guy who does the voice, quote-unquote, for BB-8 is... Bill Hader? Yes. Oh. Like, I thought someone was sitting there just pushing buttons on a synthesizer... Or, you know, a, a computer-generated tone. But no, they actually took someone's voice and resynthesized it and made it sound like a robot. And then that becomes BB-8's voice. That kind of attention de- detail is kind of nuts. And you only do that if you are trying to communicate specific words or ideas, I guess. Mm, I could see that. And it, it worked very well. I love the part in the casino, which is Casino Island or planet or whatever we'll get into that but i, I gotta look that name up where um willow what is his name uh warwick davis there you go warwick davis leprechaun is totally yeah absolutely is totally just putting coins into bb8 like he's a slot machine and that scene to me <laughs> was very touching just because he well he was r2 i mean he was Ewoks, and here he is, just not... He wasn't R2. No, he wasn't. Yeah, Kenny Baker was R2, That's but right. he was definitely an Ewok. That's right. He's in all the movies. He's he in... Is. I think he's in the prequels, too, isn't he? I'm almost positive he? he is, that he's in the prequels in some form or fashion. Yeah, he, he yeah was, he's been in every Star Wars movie and every Harry Potter movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's like the little banker, isn't he, in Harry Potter or something? He's a lot. He's Yeah, six or seven things. Uh, he's one of the teachers, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a teacher and a banker and uh, and a a lover and a gentleman. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So, what planet was it? Oh, she said it. Cantobite there you is go. the Cantobite. Cantobite. Yeah. Yeah. It. 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 It sucked. That to me was a lot like that. Brought back Phantom Menace. It just didn't. I hope that there's plans for the Benicio del Toro storyline to go mm-hmm. somewhere because that's my biggest problem with it. I don't hate Rose like everyone else does. I don't love her, but I don't think she was terrible. No. And I thought her chemistry with Finn was okay. Mm-hmm. But that storyline, apart from them failing again, which I think was a very important part of the movie, that storyline went nowhere. Yeah. Benicio del Toro gets away with the money. So what was the... It just, it was nothing. It was just an empty space. It was just a scene that was there. It was um, part Phantom... Uh, Phantom Menace part cantina kind of thing. It just kind of threw everything in and it had no purpose. I thought those animals that they were riding were actually going to be pod racing. Totally turned me off and it didn't add to the story. It didn't necessarily take away from it, but it just, I, if you cut it out, 
yeah, if you're going to trim any part of that movie, it would be mm-hmm. from Finn and Rose's yeah. storyline. And that really was the whole purpose for it, right? Was to give them a shared experience to, to bring them closer together, which mm-hmm. may or may not be part of a bigger storyline. The Benicio Del Toro character, I looked this up, was called DJ, is, is what he's called on IMDb. I don't remember that name being said once in the movie. Do you? No, and he definitely didn't have a turntable. <laughs> he did not. He had some skills, and uh, I really like the character. But to your point, Eric, it was another mechanism of, hey, we've got this plan. This is what we want to accomplish. And then it all blows up and, and goes to shit. And that happened on multiple occasions in this movie. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I guess maybe you have to show the rebellion failing in order for them to have a even better victory in part nine, which you assume is going to happen. But at this point, can you really assume that? So something just popped into my head is Landau. Perhaps that was an homage to him because he helps them and ends up betraying them. So I wonder if that's maybe either an homage or a potential for the next one. Maybe at some point he rips his his mask off and it surprise surprise. <laughs> that would be the greatest moment in Star Wars history if that happened. <laughs> if Billy D. Williams was actually playing Benicio del Toro this whole time. Billy DJ Williams. Even nice. better. Nice. <laughs> but I just wonder where that storyline is is going because yeah. it kind of fell flat at the end of the mm-hmm. at the end of it. Yeah. The the story lines, the the subplots and how they were held together and how they were resolved ultimately, it wasn't the tightest that that you've seen in a movie, but it, it you're really going to have to decide at this point what Star Wars universe you're you're in for. Are are you are you here to have fun or are you here to fucking nitpick about what quote unquote is Star Wars and what quote unquote isn't because I agree with you, Eric. I don't think that we should just assume that episode nine is the fucking good guys win and uh, everything lives happily ever after. In fact, I think if you look at both the first and the second movie now, we're being told there is a middle ground here where neither the light nor the dark should be victorious because balance has always been the goal. Hmm. Yeah. I'll be curious to see where where J.J. Abrams goes next. It's completely left open. So you have to think, because J.J. did the first one and Ryan did this one, that they have been working on, like they know how the movie's going to end, that ultimately J.J. will get to decide exactly what that looks like. But there are six things that he has to do in that movie. And how he arrives at those are, are up to him. But the story's already been written, right? I would think so. I would hope so. So of the six things is what is Ray's purpose? What is Ren's purpose? How does Finn fit into the story? Poe? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I'm afraid to even make those kind of predictions because I think uh, Ryan also made a point in this movie to say, I don't care what the fans think. I don't care what the fans think I have to do in this movie. Like I'm supposed to reveal who Ray's parents are and I'm supposed to reveal who Snoke's secret identity is. He didn't give a fuck about any of that. And I don't think um, they're going to have time for all of that kind of bullshit in in the the ninth movie of this series. He also completely makes the Star Wars universe bigger, very apparent by the end shot of the movie. There are there's more Jedi. Mm-hmm. There are more Jedi out there. 
So he took it from like, oh, just the Skywalker family. They're the only one with this powers to like, no, Ray's not related to them and she's got powers unless Kylo is lying and we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But then we have this kid, this stable boy that's given the, you know, Cracker Jack power ring. Mm-hmm. See him pick up a broom. Obviously, he has the force. So mm-hmm. I think he expanded the universe. And, and maybe he did that because he knew he was he was going to want to use Jedi in some of his stories. But I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like it just being the Skywalkers. And I think he was really apparent that we're, we're going to get away from that. Yeah. Well, Snoke straight up says in the movie, and, and I think this is something else that the internet is griping about right now. Like, oh, Ray all of a sudden knows how to do this shit in a day, and it, it took Skywalker like years and years to learn how to do that. Again, if, if you're paying attention in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, there are several lines of dialogue that says, when one side of the Force gets too strong, it, it compensates. And that's one of the best parts of the story of Ray is, uh, I, uh, I'm this young girl who has this power inside of me that I've never fucking understood and it's overwhelming her. I mean, it's so strong in her f- so quickly. She doesn't know how to, f- how to fucking deal with it. And that's really cool. That was the best part of the force awakens was when she discovers she can go toe to toe with Ren, who's been training since he was a, a young boy. And again, Snoke calls it out in last Jedi. I've been warning Ren. I told him straight up, the, the force is going to fuck with you here because you're gaining power too quickly. The, the, the light's going to rise to meet that. Mm. And I think with her also, it's personality. She's a survivor by nature. She's, you know, was abandoned and she had to fight for food. She had to work her butt off. She had to protect herself. That's which is, of course, how she learned basic moves of survival or of fighting. And Ren, to me, kind of had like the more cush life so to speak. He was raised with money. He was raised with people who cared. He was raised with that. And she totally was not. So I think she has more of a fight in her and he has more of a power struggle with himself. I think it's made very obvious from the first movie. Ray takes down Finn. Mm -hmm. Ray takes down Ren. Mm -hmm. She can obviously fight. She didn't. Yeah. And I'm with Nikki. She learned all that shit when she was being I mean, she lives by herself. She's mm-hmm. obviously handling herself on that planet in, in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Come on. And she takes – I mean, stormtroopers have to be combat trained, right? I mean, they can't shoot worth a shit, but they at least have right. to know how to fight. She takes Finn down, no problem. Hell, she takes fucking Luke down, mm-hmm. no problem. Mm-hmm. So she didn't learn it all in a day. No, she learned it over her lifetime. People on the internet are fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but we love them. And to your point about there being obviously kids out there who are – are, are now voice, force wielders. Um, there was a almost a throwaway line of dialogue uh, in this movie and some suggestion in Force Awakens that uh, Kylo Ren did not leave alone when he left Luke's Jedi camp. So we're to assume that there's other uh, Jedis of the, the dark leaning nature that or, or Sith, whatever they are at this point, that just haven't been revealed yet. Who knows what they do with that? But I, yeah, I thought about the same thing. He killed some of the students and left with some. So what happened to those people? And if they're they're out there running around and and they're, you know, just as as dark as Ren is, then it makes sense that there's little kids who are now wielding the the light side of the the force just naturally without training. Mm-hmm. Balance, motherfucker. Do you speak it? Well, and the the rebellion brings them hope, and that one ring 
that was left to that kid at the end, he reveals it and then he's using the power. It's hope. So maybe he didn't even necessarily know he had it until he had that little bit of hope. A, a new hope? Mm-hmm. A new hope. So the one thing that the only time that I really cried in it was when R2 busted out Leia and her original message. That was the first time. That was the, I think that again, the most impactful time. Mm, that was pretty, that was pretty touching. I mean, it was a great pull on Luke, obviously. What does he movie. say? Like cheap oh, shot? Yeah, or... cheap shot. That's yeah, cheap shot R2. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's true. And just as kind of a, a kiss goodbye as well. Wow. Yeah, and, and Luke went on his own accord. And his last line to Kylo Ren was probably my second favorite part of the whole movie. I'll see you soon, kid. Like, mm-hmm. you are not even close to being done with me and what I'm going to do to you. And if I can fight you from planets away, mm-hmm. imagine what I can do with you in Yoda or Obi-Wan form. I mean, Yoda yeah. took down a fucking tree and he's been dead for like 500 years or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. Or not 500 years, but Yoda's got to be old, right? He's a thousand years or thousand years yeah but at this point in the continuum he's only been dead for like 30 years okay but yeah been around for a while was, was my point and yoda can still do stuff like that i don't think this is the last we see of luke skywalker oh absolutely not and i should have picked up on it i was just thinking about it picturing luke fighting ren just how his face looked a little bit more drawn and a little bit younger mm-hmm. than he did even on Octu. I should have picked up on that sooner. That that's what he was doing is he was um putting himself hologram style. The blue lightsaber gave it away. Yeah. Yeah. The lightsaber that had been destroyed in the struggle between Ren and Ray just what 10 15, 10, 10, 15 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's the saber Luke preferred to project himself with. That was yeah, that was his. His original, yeah, the one Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blue lightsabers mm-hmm. matter. They do, <laughs> and the color red. The way that it was used is one of the, uh, I think, best examples of how Ryan Johnson knows how to do nuance. Um, the the, base, the biggest, uh, I, I guess, uh, most obvious example is Snoke's ship and his. What would you call that? His throne room. Hmm. Not only the the red walls, but the red guard uh, with a very samurai, I would call it, feel. Like that whole uh, aesthetic and the fight was uh, very samurai heavy. I don't know if that was a callback to something else besides uh, Star Wars origins inside George Lucas's head as a, a, a samurai type picture. I felt that fight and one particular move that Luke did, I felt a very Matrix feel to it so when luke busts out and he almost back you know bends over backwards to miss raise rends was it his yeah he did, what, it, did, he, did he not do it with ray too no it was when ren i think the scene that you're talking about is when ren comes at him the first time and and luke falls backwards to right and it goes right over his nose yeah and the red guards what are they What's their official? I, I don't know. Imperial I, guards? Is that what they're called? That's what they were in the the originals. Yeah. Right? Back uh, when it was the Empire. Right. They 
had a very matrixy style to them like oh i'm gonna do one at a time and just i don't know just that scene in the matrix when they're in that mansion and they're coming down from each side and i don't know the twins the whole bit that's what i felt there i like that fight a lot Mm -hmm. and you could tell that their weapons were designed to take down jedi yeah which i thought was cool and that's exactly who snoke would have guarding him Mm. snoke so focused on his pomp and circumstance, he can't feel Kylo moving a lightsaber to the side of him, stabbing him. Yeah, and so is it, that's that's my question. Is it Snoke so power hungry and so like, here's my shit, this is what I'm all about, that he's so distracted by that? Or is it Ren coming to and really showing his significant ability to play him? I think it's both. Yeah, I Agreed. Maybe a little bit more Ren. Mm-hmm. saying, okay, in my mind, you think I'm angry. You think I'm about to kill her. I'm about to kill her. I'm about to kill her. No, I'm about to kill you. Yeah, exactly. And so maybe he's, yeah, that shows that, that Ryan can hide that. Mm-hmm. But you have to think that Snoke is pretty, I mean, pretty high on his fucking horse, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, not anymore, but yeah, no. <laughs> he's half on his horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> half truly. horse in it. Yeah, truly. That was pretty significant. And Adam Driver, I really felt... He he blended. He hid behind. I mean, he would totally took on Kylo Ren. He did a movie. good job. I like Kylo a lot better in this movie than I did in Force Awakens. Because mm-hmm. he, he had a, a better director to bring the performance out of him, would be my argument. I thought all the acting was, was real good. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with any of the performances, honestly. Nothing really stuck out as, as bad. Mm-mm. No, I did like Finn coming out with the water leaking out of his suit and he's just discombobulated, you know, just water pouring everywhere. Um, Well, ooh. So he was in that, which was kind of like Han and being in the Carbonite. There's a lot of shades of Empire. Interesting. And and I think uh, you you can enumerate them all out and... this is not a beat for beat remake of Empire mm-hmm. like Force Awakens was of I'm not going to call it a new hope. I'm sorry, it's fucking Star Wars. That's what it says on the poster. That's what I'm going to call it till the day I die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh you're right. There was there was a lot of a little things on on top of the whole uh miserable failure of the quote-unquote good guys um you know setting up for the the third act. Um that's that's one that I didn't think of was that uh Ren comes up. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's Finn that comes out of some kind of hibernative sleep. Mm-hmm. And Leia, for that matter, is mm-hmm. comatose for half the half the damn movie. Mm-hmm. I really wonder what they're going to do with Ray's training, or if it's just kind of seen. Like, is Luke going to come back and continue the training, or do they think that she's got enough that she can? Survive. She's got the books. Right. And the books are one thing. I mean, Luke didn't necessarily read the books to be trained. He actually no, you could, trained. It was definitely implied that Luke did not read the books. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good joke in the movie, actually. It was great. That was one of my favorite scenes. It was great to see Yoda. Mm-hmm. Read them, you have. Yeah. And Luke's like, well, you know, I read the back, you know. Yeah, totally. Well, that scene was beautiful. It was. Um, it was perfect. Luke and I mean, do you ever think you'd see Luke and Yoda watching the Jedi Temple burn? They might as well have popped some beers and Yeah. In my mind they did. It was wonderful. I, I love that scene and it was a 
it was a nice surprise. And I hope we get to see Yoda again. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or Obi-Wan. Or... I think all cards are on the table at this point. We've known that Force Ghosts exists for a while. And apparently that's just a light side thing, right? Because there, there ain't no Sith ghosts. Like you, you generally have to be light oriented to get ghosted by the Force. Yeah, because I don't know that you'd be able to see the dark. And now, uh, now Yoda shows back up, has control of the weather because he brings some lightning down to start the temple on fire. Hangs out. We know that there's some uh, material aspect to them too, because, um, well, no, that's more of his astral projection than than his force ghosts. But uh, it, it does seem like there's some interaction between Luke and Yoda, where you can tell that that Yoda's uh, solid and, and not just like a, a see through type ghost, right? Maybe I don't know. The scene was is real quick. It is. It was really quick. It wasn't like the way that they've done it in other movies where you can almost see through them. And this one, he was, yeah. he, he wasn't transparent. They didn't show the background. No, that's what I'm saying. He just yeah. kind of barely glowed blue. And, and I think everyone knew it was, it was done well enough that there was no question that he was there as a, as a ghost, but definitely seemed to have more substance than uh, just some people standing around watching Darth Vader burn. I, uh, I don't know how you even saw this between the waiter interrupting you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No. Should, we, should we talk about how much that sucked? Fuck no! I didn't even want to bring it up. That's uh, that's a shitty experience that I'll that I'll be able to correct on my next viewing. I loved Yoda's ultimate message: failure is the best teacher. Yeah, like I wanted I wanted you to pass that on. Why Why aren't you fucking paying attention? It's yeah. important. You have to fucking failure. You have to fail to know how to pr- proceed. Mm-hmm. I think that's the theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. Totally, and it's really. Ray fails. Yep. The resistance barely gets away, but essentially fails on every fucking thing they try, every oh, yeah. plan, except blowing up the dreadnought. Which was which a was failure. A failure because of all the people that died. Right. So does the rebellion or Ray actually succeed in the entire movie? I'd say no. Um, only if the goal was to simply survive and not be completely taken out. And to have enough shared experience with Kylo Ren to set up the final act where both of them struggle with their alignment. And, and I, I, I'm sticking to my claim that both of them are going to meet in the middle. This nine-episode arc ends with Ren and Ray together in the middle. And by together... You mean together as in like the gray Jedi? Force or? it in, baby. Oh, Jesus. Episode it... nine, force it in, baby. Um, <laughs> or do you mean that they are balanced because they balanced. are like kind of like Joker Batman style, like you complete me type of thing? It, man, woman, yin, yang, light, dark, penis, vagina. Do they... <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Um, I don't. Slot A, tab B. <laughs> we need shirts that say that. That would be amazing. <laughs> you can wear them. Uh, I'm sorry. I am. You can wear all of them. <laughs> I, I am. Uh, what two thirds of the way through my bomber now? How are you guys doing? Uh, about two thirds myself. Good. Okay. I'm about three sips in. 
So it's at least drinkable, even though it's not your style. Like you're you're gonna finish it. Yeah, it's. I think we've only since we've started this. There's only been one beer that I I drank half of and threw out. That that um, that Mexican beer. Oh God. That was not made by a Mexican beer company. It was made by like a, a microbrewery, but God, it was terrible. It was the Boulder Beer Company, wasn't it? I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, this movie, The Last Jedi, is on pace to do 220, 240-ish million. It's not going to do as well as uh, The Force Awakens did, but um, everyone knew that going into this weekend for a month's out. I didn't know this, but one of the things that they do is they look at uh, IMDb views and uh, Rotten Tomato views for the picture. That's one of the way metrics that they're using to like gauge how it's gonna a movie's gonna perform at the box office is by how many people go to IMDb and look up the Last Jedi, which makes sense. It's just I never knew that before. To actually look it up. Yeah. Oh. Like one of the things they look at is how many millions of people went to IMDb and looked at the Last Jedi page. Wow! After this morning, Nikki, they're going to be like, "We should make a Rushmore sequel." Uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at a whole bunch of that. Look at that! The Wilson brothers have a new career now, thanks to me. Um, you're, you're relaunching them. I'm totally. You're bringing them back into the fold. <laughs> I'm bringing them back. I didn't know that when I was looking on IMDb this morning. The movie was rated as an eight star. There was a couple others that were rated slightly higher than that. Not that eight's bad. I mean, that's still IMDb and it's still just two days out. There's no tens in IMDb for sure. And I was still kind of, other movies were rated higher, but. Well, to put it an example, like their, their three highest rated movies, I think are 9.4s, all of them. And it's what? Shawshank Redemption. The Dark Knight. Dark Knight, and what's the third one? Uh, it's an old movie. Shawshank's one of them, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure Shawshank is one of the highest rated flicks, and, and deservedly so. It's a good movie. Absolutely. I don't know any of those ratings. What's the room rated? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. They, they, uh, it didn't actually. I did res- not. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> well, speaking of the Dark Knight, when you compare a movie like the way The Last Jedi is performing, it'll earn more in its first three days, in its first weekend, than Justice League has in its entire 30-day run up to this point. What does that say about how beloved this franchise really is? It's long. It's 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 all of our, I would say, maybe, and I'm not speaking for Nikki, our first fandom, right? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It There's more depth, I believe, to the Star Wars fan base than comic book because comic book is so diverse that there's Marvel versus DC and these characters versus that characters that you can't just combine them all into um, the Justice League. I don't think that's kind of, that's almost a disadvantage for them. And I think that Star Wars, they just have Star Wars. That's it. And it's going to be... I, I have stopped being able to try and, and predict how how things are going to perform and what people are going to think about them because... Eric and I both love Justice League and completely disagreed with the critics. And we both, all three of us, loved The Last Jedi and agreed with the critics. But fully half the fan base is like, fuck this. I've, lo- I've loved Star Wars as long as I've been alive. And these people are our age or older. They completely destroyed 
the franchise with this movie. They wasted Luke. I can't believe how he went out. They're fucking livid, and and I don't get it. Are they just so protective of a franchise that they wanted just more and more of the same of? Or was there really a misstep here that we're just not seeing? I think they wanted more of the same. They were not ready to have it modernized or have any new added storylines or characters or anything like that. I think they absolutely wanted the OG Star Wars story and film, and I they absolutely did not get it. So they wanted J.J. Abrams' <laughs> remake of Empire for Episode Eight. God, and that's not what I wanted. And I think Star Trek Into Darkness proved leave it the fuck alone and make make something original. Mm. Yeah, that's a very fine balance, especially with Star Wars, because you do want to keep a certain continuity. You want to keep, I mean, you want to keep good to the story and the hearts of everyone who loves it. At the same time, there's not a whole lot of room to do anything new and exciting with it unless and, you branch out and i i don't think that han leia and luke ever should have been used really past the first episode like hand the torch off let the new kids take care of it i i if anything i think leia and luke were overused in this movie just because it prevented more story from the characters that are going to take the franchise forward I agree with that to a certain extent, and it goes right along with my theory that I believe that Leia has to be a part of it because she knows more than has been told. Yeah, but they're, uh, we know that she's filmed scenes beyond what we saw in 8, but uh, C- Carrie Fisher, rest in peace, is not going to be around to be a major character yeah, but they in didn't episode plan on, 9. Yeah, they didn't plan that from the beginning. They didn't plan on her not being there. No. They rewrote it, though, since then. Yeah, you're right. And that's, I guess... Maybe you make a good point because if they had a year to refashion the end of eight where it was like, oh, well, I'm, you know, someone could have just said like, well, Leia's going here and she's going to be responsible for this and uh, physically pass the torch to uh, Poe as the the new leader. What the fuck is it with these three letter names? Poe, Ray, Finn, Ren? I mean, it's... Finn's four letters, but... Finn? F I N N. It isn't. Poe. No, I think it's just F I N, because he's F N four three eight seven, whatever his designation is. But I think he's just F I N. Almost bet you. Isn't Poe only two? No, he's P O E. Yeah, P O E, like Edgar Ooh. Allen. All right, now I have to know if it's two N's. It's two N's. Quoth the Raven. <laughs> I think when it is spelled out, I think. Well, I know the name Finn. Like, if you name your kid Finn, it's F-I-N-N. I think if you go to IMDb and the character John Boyega plays is named Finn, F-I-N-N. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. F-I-N-N. Just seems like a gratuitous N because he's just F-N. F-I-N-N. Finn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Neil Finn from Crowded House. <laughs> yes, when you're named Finn, that's one thing. But when you derive your name from a stormtrooper designation, it doesn't necessarily have to follow how the name was, how the name is is spelled. Let's go off stormtroopers. Captain Phasma kind of went out like a bitch. So, I I would agree. You I would use that expression too. Out like a bitch. You had presented her character in comparison with Boba Fett. Boba Fett. The only significant difference that I was picturing last night after you brought that up is that throughout the movies, Boba Fett is still in 
the background somehow, even if he's just like standing next to um, Jabba or if he's standing next to Darth Vader, he's still just there. She just appears in the middle out of nowhere and boom, there she is. And then they both go out like like a bitch, though, too. Kind of. I wonder. And they both are the toy. I, I swear to God, that's my theory, Nikki. Yeah. They're the toy. Yeah. They are, oh, look at this awesome set of armor. The kids are going to love buying that toy. I mean, yeah. if you had a pick between, I mean, I'd probably pick Ray would be my first pick, but I'd get a Phasma toy or a Boba Fett toy when yeah. I was a when I was a kid. And I think that's there to to sell the, I don't know. Well, it's something perhaps. cool that they did. I mean, I, I'd argue that Boba Fett has more dialogue than Phasma has at this point, maybe, right? Oh, I, um, maybe. Probably fairly equal. I think that I don't know that she's gone yet, though. We don't see her die. Yeah. So maybe not. And she's got that armor that you shoot at, and it just bounces right off. So I'm thinking, except the eyepiece. Yeah. I did not find that character compelling at all. I th- I, I don't know anything about her. So I think the difference between Abrams and um, Ryan is that they, I don't know that they had her storyline. Uh, running through at the same pace or what the original intent for her was. I don't think it carried through on this second one because she was not used at all. Like she was just thrown in there for different. As a character, she's been pretty abused, abused both. Like she's been the object of, uh, she's been the butt of several jokes. Mm -hmm. She got thrown down a trash shoot. (laughs) She got fucked up as a woman. This is, this is, the best part of having you on this show is that it's a bunch of fucking dudes jerking off to pop culture all the time as a woman for a a character like that. um, In a movie that I think uh, actually portrayed women better than we've seen them in not only any star Wars movie, but a lot of Mm sci-fi did that rub you the wrong way that uh, I, I know you have a special attachment to, this character in particular, because you're a big fan of Gwendolyn Christie. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I don't think it was, I I didn't take it personally like that. I do have the hope that there is more to her of that just because not only because I am a fan only, I mean, they just, they flashed her around. Is she there just to create a distraction or is she really, does she have substance? Because right now it's just very superficial. I mean, even Boba Fett, even though he, was presented on the screen kind of superficially, he had more substance. I mean, he had more to the story, more linkage and whatnot, and she's just... You knew who he was. Yeah. He was a bounty hunter. You right. don't know much about Phasma, except no. I guess she's the best stormtrooper or stormtrooper captain or what... Right. There's a comic book. Maybe we should read a little backstory, because I don't know jack shit about her. Yeah, I don't either. I would love to see more of her. She was the one, obviously, who had a part in training Finn. She knew him. I don't know if that's just because of who she is. She and gave him the second end. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently never liked him because she said, you've always been scum. Rebel Rebel's scum, scum, bitch. bitch. <laughs> that was yeah. my exact thought when that scene happened. I was like, I would have put a, a bitch in there, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I wasn't taken personally. It didn't touch me personally in that nature. I just, I want more. I want to know more. About... The Captain Phasma character. Yeah. Otherwise, you could just cut her out of all the movies, and it wouldn't change it. It wouldn't alter it. Don't cut her out, please. Don't. And I, I think she's dead. I think they they had to, uh, like they they killed Snoke. They killed Phasma. I think 
they wanted a clear cut enemy for the last episode, uh, which will, regardless of how it plays out, it, it's Kylo Ren is the he's the baddie, and there's no question about you know who else may be a villain in this last movie. Uh, do you think that General Hux will have a big part in it? I think we know Hux is a bitch. Yeah, and at the end, a redheaded bitch that gets I tossed around see. like a. Bitch. I want to see Hux getting <laughs> fucked with more. I thought he yeah. fell into that role great. I mean, the whole movie was him getting undermined mm-hmm. or like, hey, you know what? My plan's actually fucking work and still doesn't get credit. Yeah. <laughs> Try, tries to take over, but, you know, Kylo fucking chokes him. It's like, yeah, you, you take over? Fuck you, pal. Yeah. Was going to kill Kylo or yeah. at least attempt to. Yeah. I thought we were going to get another scene where Kylo wakes up and puts his saber up and yeah. cuts Hux's head off. thought that would have been cool because I can't stand him, but I'm not supposed to. To like him. Right. And that's readily apparent as soon as Poe's distracting him to fuck with him. Oh, it's yeah. like, okay, Poe is my guy. This guy sucks. Oh, absolutely. He's yeah. very pompous and very full of himself at the very beginning, even talking in that podcast voice and, you know. Um, His Mid-Atlantic podcast voice. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and at the end after that, though, there's a pause on him and his facial expression was... I couldn't tell if it was I'm still going to fight and go after Kylo Ren or if he was questioning the direction of which Ren was going. Like, are you going to be... Yeah, what's what's Snoke Hux's or? motivation? Yeah. Rogaine, it should be at this point. Is it just me? Was it makeup or does Domino Gleason look like he's 50 years old? No, he can fall into any... He's one of those that has that multi age he can look like he's either 12 or he can look like he's 50 but like i'm gonna use uh is it prince william as an example like that kid is 10 years younger than us and looks 25 years older than me well that's royalty versus us well no i think it's the the british (laughs) male (laughs) development yeah it could be i think it's i'm with nikki infected spooge (laughs) Well, I didn't go there. <laughs> Infected Spooge would be the gr- that's a great name for a band. Oh, jeez. Uh, hey, what's up? We're Infected Spooge. <laughs> Open your mouths. <laughs> no thanks. Makes me gag. Um, I don't know. There was a lot more. I think there's a lot more to it, and at the same time, I can't stop. I have to stop myself because it is one of the last movies next time and I don't think that they're going to branch off into as many stories as I would like to know about I think they are going to cut the fat out as you said and just keep it I think Johnson's next film is all new characters characters we've never seen before in a universe that is not related to the Skywalkers it's still going to be Star Wars I think he's going to go completely outside of it I don't think we'll get a cameo I don't think we'll get a mention I don't think we'll get a wink so not even so you think it's going to be like Rogue like Rogue One? No, no. Uh, completely unlike Rogue One. Rogue One had Darth Vader. Rogue One had characters that we knew. No, I Carrie think we... Fisher. Yeah, I think we get a completely different angle and location and story in the Star Wars universe. I, I disagree about the mentions. I, I think there is... I don't think you can do a movie that's supposed to be in the Star Wars universe and not have some reference that ties it in somehow. I think you can have the same spaceships, the same money, the same looking droids. I think you can make it look like Star Wars without having anything to do with the stories that we know. 
That's tough. That's what, obviously that's what he wants to do. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I think. The way that he, so, and that's the casino planet. I mean, that could be a very beginning of that topic for sure, because there are so many things on there, so many different species or what have you. And, um, with the weapons, there's a completely different story that he could take off with on that one. I, I don't know if that's... Do a, a buddy comedy on the casino planet about, like, six months before all the shit goes down and, like, have them betting on horses or the animals and shit and, like... Black BB-8 needs to be in there somewhere. <laughs> BET? <laughs> yeah, BET. BET-8. Come know, on. I, they, they were setting up, like... The Black BB-8 was pissed. He's like, I know there's a little motherfucker rolling up under that box... Like, he wanted to get down and throw down. The, we need to there, find out his real name. There was some tension there. I want to know more about Black BB-8. Or was he just there to sell a toy? Maybe. That's okay. Yes. Well, in all the other Star Wars movies, they have the more box-like, darker you got to see the uh, You got to see one of those. That <laughs> <laughs> it, went, yeah. it went by at one point. Yeah. No, there was a couple, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love those little fuckers, man. <laughs> Me too. So they have a name too. I just can't remember it because I've been drinking. I know. I know. Carl Lundin is somewhere yelling at his. Uh, his. It's his Apache phone Chief, right you <laughs> motherfuckers! <laughs> oh, totally. And unfortunately, my brain is going right to the Lego Star Wars because I'm thinking, oh, I know, I built that. What's the name of it? You learn a lot from the Lego Star Wars oh, games. Yeah. I'm with you. I I hope they do a Lego Last Jedi, oh, but it hasn't been announced yet. Or yeah. I was too lazy to look it up this morning, but I don't think it has been. Oh, I'm sure. Well, they probably didn't know which direction it was going to go in. Or if they started to do it, they probably had to change it and scrap it. And I want to say Lego Force Awakens, though, came out like seven or eight months after the movie. Mm. So maybe you're you're correct in that, okay, the movie's out. Everyone knows what happens. Now we can really make or finish the game. I'm sure they were able That'll to start it. That'll be next year's Christmas presents. Uh, yeah. I did look this up, actually. And the uh, Force Awakens movie came out, or game came out this past summer. And um, it's expected that the Last Jedi Lego will drop sometime in the summer months of 2018. Nice. I know what Nikki and I are doing for a month. Yep. <laughs> well, she'll do it for two months. You'll do it for a week. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's our lives right there, yeah, Nikki. You're like in one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, but I'll complete it, and you'll still be at 78%. <laughs> exactly. You'll take two months, but you'll get 100%. I'll get 78% yeah. in a week and say, ah, you know what? I'm okay with that. Cuphead 2's out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we need to get this wrapped up. Um, it's crazy to think uh, we get only one more episode in this story arc at this point. We know we get the Han movie, which is called Solo, a Star Wars so a story next Christmas, and then episode nine, the the Christmas after that. Um, let's end with uh, what the the number one thing that you want to see in that movie is. Hmm. More Ray. That's really general. Not general Ray. More Ray. <laughs> but we know you're going to get more Ray. That's true. God, just stick the landing, JJ. That's what I want to see in episode nine. I have no faith that you can do it. None at all. Yeah. St stick the landing. I think Ryan Johnson gave you 
he didn't he didn't leave you with anything that you can't uh, he didn't leave Jennifer in the car in the DeLorean at the end of Back to the Future. <laughs> he didn't leave you with with something that that you can't uh, you can't steer. Away. It's completely open mm-hmm. how you go from here. Stick to landing. Give us another good story because I think Ryan Johnson gave us a really good story. So that's what I want to see. Jedi Jedi sticks the landing pretty well. If you can do as least as good as Return of the Jedi, which you'll probably just copy it. If we get another fucking Death Star. That, that's what I don't want. But I thought that cannon yeah. at the end, at the door, I was like, well, there's the fucking Death Star. It's just not called the Death Star. Yeah. But they call it the Death Star. Well, it's it uses Death Star technology. technology yeah. Yeah. But that door cannon was basically the door star. Mm. Right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> even though they don't destroy it. Yeah. Which I thought was was done well. But yes, yeah, stick stick the landing. That's and no cannon. The feeling. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> The feeling of walking in, not only Thursday night, uh, you guys should have seen me 30 minutes before my sister picked me up. That was like, how often do you feel pumped like this? Like, yeah. oh, my God. And I felt the same way 30 minutes before we left here last night. Like, yeah. oh, my God. And I'd already seen it. Yeah. I knew what was uh, there, what was coming. There's no other franchise that gets me that giddy and anxious and just can't fucking wait to see it. Yeah, my sister was yelling at me because the whole way to the movies, I was yelling, fucking wars. And she's like, you have to calm down. You just have to. Like, no, I don't have to calm down. Like, how often do you get oh my God. a Star Wars movie? The dickheads in our, in our theater last night, LucasArts hits the screen, and I'm like, yeah! And people are like, really? Did you hear the guy behind us? He's like, that better not be. You better shut the fuck up before the movie starts. Like, come on, people. Get excited. There was no one in that theater besides the five of us that were big fans. Thursday night was the exact opposite experience for me. I was in an entire theater full of, of fans. I truly believe that that boils down to the full service kind of thing. You've got a bunch of entitled individuals. In Some buffy. Yeah. I'm buffy here to have dinner in a movie and not really watch the movie. Anyway, I would, I want to see how it's not how, what Ray does or anything like that. I want to hear the full circle story. I want to know how, Han and Leia knew who she was. I want to know where she comes from. And I also want to know, well, about Phasma. I want to know, is she going to come back? What's going to happen with her? Not that it's a big part of it. I just, there was a lot of looser ends. Where is it going? What, what, what ultimate direction are you going to go in other than the obvious? It's either going to be balance. It's going to be gray. It's going to be something. I want to know more depth. I hope it's, Gray, I want to see some gray porn. I don't think we should. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the end of episode nine is the end of the story arc because we've been told over decades, like, well, no, this is the last episode. There's never going to be another. And it's been wrong twice now. So I want them to end in a place where Ren and Ray both acknowledge the dark and the light inside of them and come to peace with it and. That's how the story ends. Chewie runs head <laughs> in his hand, bleeding to the ground. Because he cannot forgive and he will not forget. No. Nope. I don't I mean, think about it. Chewie, like, he busted into Luke's place. He's like, What, you're not gonna answer the door, Luke? Fuck you, dickhole. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna cook your I'm gonna cook your animals yeah. on your island until you come back with us. Oh my god, Chewie's not fucking around. You're right. No, he's not. So any time we can get a little Chewie redemption, I'm I'm on board for that. I think that if they go the it's the name of the app. the gray way, that will be the end of it. 
And that's a good place to end it. Because if you think about it from the beginning, even if you take episode one, Phantom Menace, the goal has always been find the balance. I mean, it's the it's the biggest Zen Asian part of this storyline is balance. Right. However, you have to have fluctuation in order to find balance. Because once you do have balance, and if you keep it there, then it what is it? It's nothing. It's neutral. There's nothing to it. But to maintain the balance, you have to have that constant fluctuation. And if they get rid of that, then there's no further movies. Well, there's going to be some constant fluctuation in the Ray Ren bedroom. How do we ship them? What's the best name for them? I need to do this. This is going to be a hashtag on the episode. Ray Solo. Oh, God damn it. Ray Solo, yes. Oh, Ben Ray. There's your ship. Ray Ben. Ray Ben or Ben Ray. Like the sunglasses? Or, you know. Or Ben, ben Gay. Gay. Oh, shit. Ben Ray's my vote. We may just play it safe and go with Ray Solo. We'll take the Abrams tact here. No, I don't like the Ray Solo. Eric, I don't have it in me. You're doing the clothes today. Here on Tap In Geek Out, we're about all kinds of bullshit. Thank you guys all for following us on Friendster, Napster, Cruxster, Kazam, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And I think we've got a couple more pages out there. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. Unlike our other episodes, this wasn't taped two weeks ago and is going to go up in a month from now. This is actually going to go up today. So please listen, even though if you are listening to this, what's the point? You already did. <laughs> I'm Eric G. Hollis here with Nikki, rolling her eyes yet again. My partner in crime, the gentleman, Doug Franklin Lund. I'm Eric G. Hollis. May the force be with you.